I just recovered recently. Yeah. I just realized when I, in four days I drove a thousand miles, visited seven families, had two church meetings while we were in Denmark, and uh, so no wonder I was tired when I came home. And uh, uh, and that is just a sign of I'm getting old because I used to be never touched me. Anyway, uh, Pastor Erling sends his regards, and um, and as I say again, I need to know what he feeds that baby because he's he's huge, like uh, really. I mean, he's only seven months or something like that. I could hardly lift him. <laughs> you know, he's so no, he he he's very muscular and and always happy. Okay, and uh, and unhappy because of the. Every time I wake up, I said to Pastor Erling that uh, I think about you. And then I turn around and keep sleeping. <laughs> Imagine being 65 and have a child that is seven months old. I, <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't do it. Okay. Anyway, uh, I'm going to share a few things this morning that um, uh, I've not talked about it for a long time, really. Um, but I got... Uh, this uh, this uh, vision from Ezekiel, where Ezekiel is taken to the desert, into the valley, where he sees the valley of the dry bones. Okay, and um, some people say that this is a prophetic side of uh, the Holocaust and how Israel became one nation and so on. Afterwards, uh, I don't know if that what we want to think. That's okay by me, but. Uh, I see it more as a current image of the body of Christ today, where we have got an inflation in terms of that God showed me, God told me, and all these things. And you know that uh, sometimes see, you think you, if you go by that, everything that God has said, you will think God is confused because of uh, God. Someone says God showed me this, and then someone else says so God has shown me something completely opposite. And it's very important to understand that God is always consistent, okay? And um, uh, in Denmark, I was talking about uh, tithing of Malachi 3.10, but not from the purpose of money. Uh, that really reignited that vision in me that, uh, that, uh, <clears throat> that tithing, why, the reason why tithing is so contested Many people think the devil contested because it's money. It's not. But it's because of the devil knows if you don't belong anywhere, you're vulnerable. Okay? And, uh, and because of, uh, since uh, Christianity, you know, when uh, Constantine, he became like one of the church fathers, one of the things that happened with Christianity was that it moved from being a Jewish religion, or a Jewish thing, it moved into being a Greek thing. In terms of application, so like we, 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 our educational system is built upon the Hellenistic way of thinking. So we, you know, philosophy, you know, we, we use phrases like it's the thought that counts, meaning we don't do it, but we, we would like to do it. Okay. And even a child knows it's not the thought that counts. Amen. You just try with Noah and Jeremiah for Christmas. Oh, I would like to give you this. Where is it? The thought that counts. <laughs> they don't care about the thought. They want the substance. And, uh, and it's the same thing. When with, 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 it's so, we, we need to remind ourselves of that the Bible is a Jewish book. Meaning we need, to, uh, we need to handle it as how a Jew will handle it. 
Meaning that when a Jew reads the Old Testament, uh, they're reading it to do. So like, for example, when you hear the word remember, uh, in, in our culture, we make a mental note. Okay? Or we may, maybe you put something on your fridge to remember, or you have a list to remember. But when God speaks about to be Israelites, remember is always to reenact. Okay? It's not like, oh yeah, I remember God took us out of Egypt. Okay? So now we remember. No. The way the Israelites, they had to eat the same Passover meal every single year. That's how they remember. So really, if you need to remember your wedding day, you really need to have the whole thing going again. That's how you remember. Can you imagine that? You need a new wedding dress every year. Okay. Anyway, but it's so important we, we, we realize it's something that we remember. And that's where tithing is so important because uh, let me start with Malachi 3.10 then we'll go, then we'll go to uh, Ezekiel later. Uh, I can quote it by by heart, but it's better to read it. Okay, and uh, Malachi three ten, uh, or as uh, what is his name? Jesus the plant, as he says, he calls him Malachi. <laughs> okay, because he said he grew up with the Italians. So I don't know. Okay, Malachi. So it says here, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse. And you know, most people when we hear that sentence, we don't hear the rest. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> it just closed down. Now, bring ye all the tithes to the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Okay? There shall not be room enough to receive it. And it's something that is very important to understand that the blessing of God is not. A thing, you know that we use phrases that uh, I'm blessed because I got this, or I'm blessed because I have that, uh, and I understand what people are saying. But the blessing of God is not a thing, yeah. Because if that was the case, then uh, we could measure how blessed I am in material things. And there are people who have a lot of material things; they're not blessed. Mm. Okay. No. So, so, so here he says, "There shall not be room enough to have it." And what is interesting about it, I don't know, have you ever got a letter from the bank and said, no, you can't put any more money in the account? <laughs> There's always room for more. Okay? So obviously, it's not money we are talking about here because I don't think we, we, there's only one instance in world history where they say, okay, don't give us any more money. Okay? That was when we built the temple. Yeah. When they had to collect to the temple and then suddenly one day the priest said, don't give any more. We got plenty now. Can you imagine that? Because I can't imagine it. I'm just, anyway, so so the blessing is something else, okay? And uh, but remember, but this starts out bring the tithes to the storehouse, meaning this is where I belong, okay? To the storehouse. This is the church you belong to. So when you when we bring the tithe. What we are saying in that action, we're saying, I belong here. Okay? I belong here. You know, in our Western culture, we say, I go to that church, I go to that church, and so on. And we think this is how we say, 
we, we swear our allegiance or whatever we call it to say, this is where I go. No, it's through the tithing. We say, this is where my storehouse is. This is where God speaks to me in this fellowship. And, and this is why tithing is so contested because the devil knows that if we don't do that, yes, we might think we belong, but we do not belong. And if we do not belong in a place, we are vulnerable. Okay, it's, it's, it's true that you are unique in the eyes of God. But we must not stretch that truth so far to say, I don't need anyone else. Okay, it's something that I've, uh, I said to them, uh, you know, when you grow up in Denmark, you don't see it. But now, because I've been away for so many years, suddenly I realized that Denmark is really a unique country in that way. You can go past a cafe and we can see all these, uh, what is it called, these babies parked outside. And, uh, and it's quite normal. I mean, but, but because now I lived in England for so many years, I say, oh, it's weird. But when I realized in Denmark, there's this thing that there's such a, in a society, there's such a deep trust. And it's because of the, the weather conditions were so bad in the olden days. So if they did not trust one another, they could not survive. And, uh, and that is the same. And, and that's the same in the body of Christ. It's true that you are unique in the eyes of God. But it's also true that you are part of a collective. Remember, I remember it was a faith to ask me once about uh, uh, the full armor of God. And, and she, she, said, she asked me, why is there no protection at the back? Okay, that's because of someone else is supposed to protect your back. Okay, and uh, so, so, so when you and I, we bring the tithes to the stars, we say, this is where I belong. And this is the foundation that when you and I, we become believers, we need to belong somewhere. Why? Because of, first, there is protection, but also the thing we call authority of the believer. Okay? One thing with authority, we cannot take it. Okay, it has to be, it, be it's, it, it will be entrusted to you or it will be given to you. I can't say now, if I'm a Christian, now I have, a, I have the authority. No, it has to be handed to me. Okay, someone, I can't just say, no, I'm the Pope or whatever. Now I react like the Pope, I got the authority. No, someone has to entrust me with this. But no, but I can't be entrusted if I do not belong somewhere. And that's why tithing is so foundational in that it's so contested because when we are isolated in, this, in spiritual terms, meaning we don't belong somewhere, the devil can deceive you. The greatest protection against deception is fellowship. Okay, that's why when you get married, there are witnesses. Their job, the witnesses, is not just to be there, they are there to witness. So when you somewhere down the line think, oh, I don't think I'm married, they come and remind you, you are married. How do you know? I was there. It is there to protect you. And I don't know about you, you know, when we are on our own, we very often, we, we can get all sorts of crazy thoughts in our head. The left become right and up becomes down and so on. And that's where we need a body to protect us, so that to, to put us back in, on track, say, no, no, this is what God says. Another thing that comes with, uh, with fellowship that, uh, 
It's very, you know, in, in James, it talks about but if any is sick among you. Do you know what is interesting? <laughs> it's a if any. <laughs> if if there's anyone who is sick. No, it's not like um, I of course we are sick amongst. No, he says if any. If any is sick among you, what what should they call upon? The elders, not the oldest, the elders. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the elders he shall call upon. But you can see if you don't belong anywhere. There are no elders to call upon. Uh, when you're seeing the healings that happens here. Um, the thing is, but one of the things that I learned over the years is that it's not me who is anointed. Okay? It's people who makes me anointed. Remember Jesus, he couldn't do anything in his hometown. When Jesus tried to heal a, a headache, when we say, oh, no, no, that's just the carpenter's son or, or whatever. It, you know, I realize, and, and as I said, when you see what happens here in our midst with, regarding healings, it's because of that you say you belong here and therefore I am your pastor. Okay, that's why that when, when I meet sometimes people outside, I also, I remind everyone of it when, I, when, when I'm somewhere else, they, I always say, don't call me pastor, because pastor is not a title. It's a function. Do, do you understand? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a father for my own kids, but I'm not a father for your kids. Do, do you understand? And, uh, and it's so important we understand this, because of, uh, it's, protect, it's, it's, that's where the healing power lies in, that I belong somewhere. Okay, okay, uh, of course, there are exceptions in terms of... Uh, when you go to a healing conference and so on and people, but they don't get healed, the way they get healed is by the gifts of the Spirit. But the thing is, with the gifts of the Spirit, it moves as the Holy Spirit wills. The way I uh, practice healing is when I'm here, is really through the Word of God. When I'm somewhere else, it's through the gifts of the Spirit. Do, do, do you understand the difference? And that's why I can be so confident in our midst that if you are if you are ill, I'm so I'm confident in that you will be healed. Why? Because you have said you belong here. It's that simple. But the problem is that we, we have learned to say to pe people that uh, no, no, this is my church. Why? Because I attend the church. No, you can attend the church without belonging to a church. Just like you can be in a crowd and feel very alone. The uh, first time I went to Kenneth Copeland conference in Birmingham many years ago, I didn't know anyone. I think there was 15,000 people or something. I felt so alone. I didn't know anyone. Okay? But uh, so, so, the, so the blessing of God, and so now I, I said always, so it is in this setting God operates. Now the blessing of God, and uh, anyone who is married or who is a man knows what I'm talking about. Jerry knows that, uh, that when your wife nags you, tells you off, shouts at you, you're okay. Okay? When you are in real trouble, is when you get the silent treatment. Have you ever got the silent treatment? Oh, you know, when you got the silent treatment, you know now is serious. Now is something that is really, really needed. Now I'm in trouble. And 
for, for, for lack of better word, because there is no such thing, but, but I'm saying this just to, to give an explanation, there is no such thing as the curse of God, okay? But, but just to humor me, because I try to explain a point here, uh, so the blessing of God, no, so, so the blessing of, no, so the so-called so curse is when God is silent. Okay, I used to think that if I did something wrong, if I didn't please God, something bad will happen or whatever, you know, uh, someone will steal my, my ice cream or whatever it may be or something like, you know, that was how, if, if I don't, if I'm not in the will of God or something like that, so I always thought something like that would happen. But, but the thing is, when God is not pleased, then it's silence. When, you know, when, when the Holy Spirit left the temple, uh, the Israelites didn't even know it. Okay, and uh, and the Book of Malachi and to the Gospel of Matthew, there is 400 years that is called the silent year. The years God does not speak. So, so-called the curse of God, if you can say that, it is not that something bad happens to you. It is that God doesn't speak. Okay. So the blessing of God is that you can hear him. Okay? The curse of God is that you cannot hear him. So you, and, and that's why tithing is so vital because you can see now through the tithing, I say I belong here in the place where you belong, that is in the setting where God speaks. Do you understand? You know, like if you God doesn't speak outside of that setting. I know that we we become so accustomed to that. Uh, uh, all sorts of people can hear all sorts of things from God, but it's not biblical because God speaks in this setting. Just like as I said to you many times, that you can yeah, because I, I I was not taught that when I when I became a believer. I, I maybe we had a prophet or something so called prophet. I'm telling you. That's where I knew, I learned the power of the blood of Jesus, because of He could point out anything wrong with you, and it was like it was. When I look back at it, it was terrible meetings because of people more or less just got humiliated, okay, and it was terrible. So I learned the power of the blood. You know, Jesus cover me, cover me. No prophetic words to me, Jesus. Okay, and uh, but uh, so so it, it's just like. That I have not, I do not have authority for something that I have no responsibility for. No, God will not tell me who is going to be the president in America. I said to a guy, he said God told him that who's this, that, and the other about who should be the president in America. And I said to the guy, you can't even vote. So why should God talk to you about something that is none of your business, so to speak? Just like that. God will not speak to me about your life, about your secrets, about your struggles, if you have any, because we all look okay so Sunday morning. But the only way I will get to know about it would be when you come and tell me voluntarily. Do you understand? Of course we can read people. Of course we can, when someone comes in like, of course, because they have, they have, they go through a rough path. You don't need to be a prophet to see that. Okay, someone is is in hospital. Oh, the Lord shows me you're ill. Oh, how did you know? Because you're in hospital. You're probably not there for the food. Okay, 
Actually, I would like to meet with the guy who makes the food for hospitals. I think it, the only qualification you need to, to do hospital food is you can't cook. <laughs> you know, it, I, that's what I've noticed. Everyone who leaves hospital is skinny. <laughs> when I was uh, last year, it was terrible food. Uh, I, you know, that, that, was, that was really bad. I, don't, I, 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 I didn't know you could purposely make bad food. Okay. It was, the only thing that was good was rice cream. Uh, because we didn't have to make that. Okay. Anyway, so the blessing of God is that I can hear him. But for you and I to hear him, we need to be in the right place, in the right setting. Do, do, do you understand? If I want to call, you know, if I want to call you, I can't just take any random number and say, Oh, why didn't you pick up the phone? I said, my phone didn't ring. I called the number. What number did you call? Oh, any number I just put in. No, it has to be in the right setting. And it's so vital we understand it because of <clears throat> and we, the devil have convinced us of that, no, no, it's just you and Jesus. It's just you and Jesus. And God will speak to you on his own and so on. I'm telling you, in the 30 years I have been in the ministry now, 99.9% of when God has spoken to me has always been through another person. Do you understand? Because God, we are the body of Christ, and many of the things that you need to hear from God, God has already put it in His body. Amen. He's always. I've seen so many times when people have said, you know, God showed me this and God showed me that and God showed me this, and they start acting upon it, and you know, their life turns out like a nightmare. It, because it bears no fruit. Most of the things that I, <laughs> that, that I have made decisions about has always been through the counseling of other people. As I said to you about Solomon, that the, the reason for why Solomon was so wise was not because he had solutions to everything, it was because he could listen. Solomon was probably the king who had the most advices around him, and when his son... <laughs> He, he was completely opposite. He didn't listen to the advisors, and therefore he wasn't wise. So the blessing of God that is, there is no room for it is when God speaks to you. You can never get enough of God speaking to you. Okay? And remember what Jesus he said about his own life. I only do what I see my father do. I live by every word that my father has said. And that is why the tithing, that is why you need to belong somewhere, is so essential. That we cannot just live off YouTube or Facebook or uh, whatever it is and, and so then say, I, I serve Jesus. No, you need to be a part of a fellowship. Not just in name, but in deed. Because it, this is where you grow. You need to be attached to a place. What, because you, why? Because what God has put in you <clears throat> will flow in that fellowship, and what God has put in others will flow into your life in that fellowship. Okay? So every word that comes, and that's why tithing is so contested. I, I, I'm telling you, in Denmark, where we have mathematical geniuses, that uh, in Denmark you have something, you know, I think Denmark is the most creative country in the world. I'm telling you, the tax laws in Denmark is just, there's tax on everything. There's tax on tax too, nearly. But so, but in, so when you are tithing in Denmark, you can make a contract with the church. 
and when you can get tax relief of a time. But, you, but it means that you have to sign for 10 years or something like that. And it means it has to be written down or documented what you have given. And uh, so I, I remember I, I knew someone who was very accounted in my home church. And then people said, oh, we are tithing, gone. And so, but when I saw the account, it was 5%. So I said, how can you become make 5% to be 10% by giving 5%? I said, only in Denmark. <laughs> okay. So uh, anyway, but this is why it's so vital to belong. This is what tithing is, talks about, that I belong somewhere. And you know what? I believe that this is the greatest need for all mankind. It is to belong somewhere. But the problem is that when people hear about tithing, they hear money. But it's not about money. It's about this is where I belong. This is where I can hear God. This is where I put, my in a position, put myself in a position where God can speak to me. And you know, once God speaks to you, nothing is impossible. Amen. Nothing, but we need to hear God. When, I, when people say, I ask, uh, when, when people say, I met someone who said, I'm a prophet of this, so the first thing I always ask, where do you belong? Okay, and if they don't say, oh, but I'm an itinerary, but this, that, and the other, I say, uh, no matter how convincing they sound, it's not God they have heard. It's not the word of God. And how can I see it? Because most likely, nothing happens. And you can always see if it's God, because when God speaks, it will happen. Okay, it's not, uh, God didn't say in Genesis chapter 1, let there be light. Now I stand in faith. He didn't say that. He said, let there be, be light. And then he said, light was. God's word is creative. It's not just informative, it's transformative. When you have met Jesus, you cannot stay the same. If you, I'm telling you that, but we have started, we start teaching in a way where if people agree with Jesus, they think they met Jesus. No, you can agree with Jesus without having met him. I, I, I agree with a lot of people I never met. Okay, But I also disagree with a lot of people I met. As a, I, I said when I became a believer, when they asked me, are you a Christian? I said, yes. I said, do you agree with the Bible? I said, no. And, when, and people couldn't put that. But it was because of obviously the more I spent time with Jesus, the more I agree with the Bible. But it's not enough just to agree with the Bible. I need to meet him. Meet him as a person. Have a relationship with him as a person. Not, <coughs> not agree with him as a philosophy or, or theology. To meet him. And of course, the more I spend time with him, the more I start agreeing with him. Do you understand? Another thing you will see when you meet the Holy Spirit is always that he will always lead you to the Word of God. If, the whole, if it's the Holy Spirit you have, you will have a hunger for His Word because the Holy Spirit will always point you to the Word. And through the Word, the Holy Spirit will reveal Jesus to you. Through the Word, not uh, someone says, oh, I need the writing on the wall. I say, I don't want the writing on the wall because that only happens to one person. And that was judgment. I said, God is finished with you. I don't want that. I'm telling you, 
when you have when we spectacular things people talk about happen, I'm telling you, be worried because God prefers to speak to you through His small voice that is within you. When you read the Word of God, that's how He speaks to you. Okay. Anyway, the next thing is important when you read the Word of God is don't just read it to be informed. Uh, it's better you reading one verse and doing it than reading four chapters and do nothing. The way we brought up to remember Bible verses, how is that we 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 do it by memory, okay? But the way we really should remember Bible verses is by doing them, okay? Christianity is all about doing. Anyway, so 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 try and go to Ezekiel thirty-seven. It says here. The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones. It just dawned on me when I read it. It's interesting when the Holy Spirit gets hold of you, remember with Jesus, the Spirit led him to the desert. Here, Ezekiel, the Holy Spirit led him into the valley. Yeah, I always thought that. When the Holy Spirit leads me, everything will be beautiful, everything will, will be nice. But here is a valley, and valley is always talking about uh, something unpleasant, something that is, you know, we prefer to be on the mountaintop, okay? But he, but the Holy Spirit led him into the valley. Jesus was led into the desert, not the, not the summer uh, holiday resort, into the desert. And I'm telling you, it's in the desert and it's in the valley, that's where your life gets transformed. Because it's what you do at these places that will transform your life. I'm telling you that when I look at it, it's not been very high, where everything is just wonderful. That's not really where my life has been transformed. It's when I go through the valley, what decisions do I make here? That's where my life turns one way or another. Okay. So, uh, so he is led into the valley and set me down in the midst of a valley which was full of bones. Can you imagine? It's not been a pleasant place. And caused me to pass by them round about, and behold, there were ma- there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? You know, and he's he's wise. When God asks you a question, it's not because you don't know the answer. <laughs> okay, but but you see, he's very wise. He said, and I answered, O oh Lord God, you know. <laughs> You know, when God asks you a question, as again, it's not for you to because he didn't know. It's because he wants to hear your response because through your response he sees what is inside of you. Okay? So, uh, uh, so and, and I asked, Oh Lord God, you know. Again, he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And I believe this is the Western church today. Where is that we we are we are all over the place. Our society that we placed in, we can see we have no effect upon our society. Uh, it's just crazy how the decline that is happening in our society around us. And it's not because uh, they, that the devil is powerful, but it's because that the church is all over the place. 
you know, you go to most churches, they don't talk about healing anymore. They don't talk about the Holy Spirit anymore. They don't talk about the blood of Jesus anymore. It's disappeared. It's so gradually, it's become all sorts of things but church. Okay? And and there is no, I'm telling you, in Leeds City Center alone, I think there's about 400 churches. Okay? Uh, you see, I remember many years ago I was driving a, a Christian journalist to somewhere, and then he said, "Oh, just drop me off at this place in in a place called Horsford, not very far from where we live." I said, "Oh, who lives there? Oh, this is a very famous, worldwide famous Baptist preacher. Never heard his name." Okay, and uh, and it just shows how disconnected we are as a body, where we are on our own, so to speak. We are the dry bones that. That is just spread all over the place. And it's not God's intention. When you're reading about the Wells revival, when you're reading about uh, uh, all the great uh, revivals that have happened in this country alone, you can see God wants his church to be powerful. I, I've heard about a guy in, was it Whitby, you know, you know Whitby, north of Scarborough. That was a young man, young preacher. He went into the city hall, no, city square just shouted Jesus and then the whole village or town came out and we just got saved. Can you imagine it would have been easy? Okay, uh, Halton, one of the worst areas in Leeds now, that, that was, that was a, an amazing Sunday school where first the children got saved and then later on it led to the parents got saved because suddenly the kids start behaving and they were all, and uh, it was it, 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 the church was powerful, but it was united at that time. You see that the Holy Spirit. What happens just before the Holy Spirit arrives? They say they all became one. And when the Holy Spirit arrived, and I'm telling you, we we, we have we have yet to see the greatest revival ever. I believe that the greatest revival will be before Jesus returns. Okay, but for the for the great revival to happen. The church needs to be one. Do you understand? It, 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 we cannot be tribal. We cannot be like city states, and that's so to speak. This is no. It's the body of Christ. Uh, I hear the bones. They just spread everywhere, disconnected, not realizing they need one another, and so on, so forth. But but, every, but everyone thinks, no, I'm just in it for myself. You know, when we go to church, for example, we do not go to church to receive. We go to church so that we can give. Because someone might need what God has invested in you. Do you understand? But I don't, you know, even here there have been people come, oh, I'm coming here because I received something. And I'm telling you, in my head, the countdown has started. Because, we, we, because in the kingdom of God, we receive through what we give. I like this, uh, this somewhere it says, he who waters others will be watered himself. Okay, uh, I think was it two months ago or something, I, I had this uh, burning sensation in my, it sounded like a nerve pain. So, 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 so it came like a wave in my leg. And, uh, but when I started preaching, it disappeared. Why? Because he who waters others will be watered himself. If you need healing in your body, then go and find someone to pray for. If you need provision in your life, go find someone you can bless. If you feel lonely, go and be a friend to someone. This is how it works.
Okay. Anyway, so when he says, now we see the answer here. And he said unto me, son of man, no, so again he said unto me, prophesy upon these bones. Prophesy upon these bones and say unto him, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord. Notice, God didn't say to the bones. He said, God said to the prophet, you prophesy to these bones. You know, God, we, we sometimes, you know, you know uh, was it John Wesley who made this phrase where he said that it seems like that God do nothing on this earth unless someone had prayed. Okay? Why? Because, remember, God gave Adam the authority over this earth. And that's why he need the prophet, he said to him, the prophet, you prophesy over these bones. Now, I be, now the, way, the way I see prophecy in New Testament is not fortune-telling. It's not about... Uh, it, it, Prophecy, the prophetic in New Testament, is to reveal Jesus. Or to make people fall in love with Jesus. Make people you know, focus upon Jesus. It's not about the Lord says in two minutes or whatever, so on and so on, this, that we all will happen. I don't think that is prophecy. The prophetic is to reveal Jesus. To bring revelation. To show God's heart. And this is where, if you put it in this setting, I believe that what is needed the most in this day and age is that we reveal Jesus. Because we have been, we have up, up in the 90s and, and, uh, and 2000s, there's been a lot of teaching about different subjects about Jesus, but I believe it's about revealing Jesus. I remember I went to, no, I didn't go at that summer, there was a lot of marriage courses, and they, they thought that. We could teach people how to be married. Uh, you can't. But you can reveal Jesus for the both couples and they will stop arguing. It's all about revealing Jesus. Once you see Jesus, then everything will fall into place. I remember there was a man, he was told, you need to tell your wife you love her five times a day. So he took, okay, I love you, I love you. I love you, I love you, I love you. And then he went on doing his own thing. Okay? But, but that's not how it works. I'm telling you, I have a couple, their friend, they're friends, they've been married for 60 years. And uh, I said to him, I will not translate how we speak to one another. Because if, you, if I translate it how they communicate to one another, you will think they're on the brink of divorce. No, uh, so, and, but, but, and, and of course, the way they communicate, you could not teach that to anyone to speak like that in a marriage. But because those two, they had this unique relationship amongst them. But you, you know, you, I can't teach you to fall in love. How uh, pastor teach me how to fall in love? Uh, <clears throat> you can't. I met people. How in the world did they find one another? And when other people, I tried. Oh, they will be good for one another, and they can't stand the sight of one another because. Is something that is so unique when it comes to people. And I find with everything I try to teach people about this and that and whatever, I try, no, I, I realized it most, most of the time it doesn't work. But if I can reveal Jesus to them, then Jesus can make it work. Amen? Mm -hmm. Like uh, when, when, uh, when, uh, when I became a Christian, you know, the Danish language, 
uh, every day we swear a lot. Okay, so when we have to say something really, really important, we, we, we put beep, 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 and then we say the thing, and then beep, 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 beep again. Okay, and you know what? When I became a Christian, I, you know, have you, it's, my, it's our spirit that get born again. Have you noticed? It's not our habits, our, our language. Uh, we have to work on that. Uh, and I remember, so first of all, I was in church. Oh, Jesus. So it was like, beep, 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 beep. Jesus, I love you. Beep, beep, beep. But we were horrified, everyone, just because really I was swearing. So, but, but for me, it was, and I realized I need to stop doing that. And, and I don't know about you. Have you ever tried to stop doing something? I and mean, then the more you try to stop doing it, the more you're doing it. Have you ever tried that? You know, like, uh, yeah, first time I was fasting. All I did that day was thinking about food. You know, I, there was a cake I not had for many, many, many years. Son. And when first time I fasted, all I could think about was that cake. Okay, but anyway, so the more I tried to stop swearing, the more I did it. Okay, and uh, but when, I don't know why, but uh, I think I got distracted away from it and just focused upon Jesus. And after, I, I cannot tell you when it stopped, but I remember when I realized it had stopped, was one night when I ran my little toe against the corner of the door. Uh, I don't, and, and what I was the mostly impressed about was a swear word did not come out. I cannot tell you when it happened, when I stopped or whatever, but what, but what, what, what it was, was I just focused upon Jesus. Okay, it's the same with, with, with you know whatever issue you have in your life, don't make that issue bigger than Jesus. Do you understand? You know that sometimes you, you can make healing into become idolatry because you focus so much about being healed. No, focus upon Jesus. As I said so many times uh, to you, we don't believe for healing, we don't believe for money, we don't believe for these things. We believe in Jesus, who is the healer, who is the provider who is the Redeemer, who are all these things, but we believe in Him. That's why we can be confident. So when, so I believe that if we take this scenario with Ezekiel into this day and age, I believe that the way we prophesy to get the body united is that we reveal Jesus, that we preach Jesus. Because of when, when, you, when the church become back and live in the first love, do you know what? Have you noticed that when you are in when when you are in the first love, everything is okay. When you've been married twenty years later, when you find out oh, no, no, everything is wrong. Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Okay, but when you are in love, ah, oh, this is just everything is wonderful. And I believe the church we need to come back to this thing that we need to focus upon Jesus, not arguing about doctrines, not arguing about we believe in this and they believe in that and so on and so forth. No, be all in love with Jesus. Okay? And uh, I was, when, when we were in Denmark, so I took me to this, this, this funny city in a town in Denmark. Um, it's founded by the, what is it called? The, the Brethren Church. You know, there's two kind of Brethren Churches, you know, the Plymouth one, and then there's there's this town in Denmark called Christiansfeld. And, uh, and, and it was just amazing to see what could be achieved when the body is in love with Jesus. Okay? 
But now, uh, many, many years later, we, we, you know, we got to think about it because I, I, want, I had a friend here in England. I don't know if he's still alive, but he was, he was preaching. And I never forgotten that moment. So he was saying something with her husband. So his wife, you know, in brethren women are supposed to be submissive. So when you start the meeting, they have to cover their hair and so on. So uh, this is why it was so funny. So he started preaching. I can't remember what he preached about. But anyway, there was something about helping or whatever. And when the wife said, in the midst of a meeting, why don't you do that at home? <laughs> and he's completely lost to the husband. <laughs> anyway, so now, so when we back to Ezekiel, he so he was told to prophesy, and I believe that this is prophecy. Prophecy is to reveal Jesus. To reveal Jesus, you know, John the Baptist, he was called the greatest of all the prophets, and yet he did not. If if I was God, I would have said it will be Elijah. He called fire down from heaven. Moses, he split the Red Sea, and so on and so forth. But God said, Jesus said, it's John the Baptist. Why? He did one thing, actually, apart from eating weird food. Weird diet, okay? Lived in a strange place, was strange clothes, but he did one thing. He said, when, when people came to him, he could do he, he revealed, see, where is the Lamb of God? No, Anna, she's called a prophetess. Do you know, you know, the only reason why she's called a prophetess is because she recognized this is baby Jesus. This was Jesus. So the prophetic is that you can reveal Jesus. I believe that the church prophetic assignment is to reveal Jesus to the world. Not Jesus of not Jesus, blonde hair, blue eyes, or Jesus uh, the religious uh, of the theologian. No, Jesus, the Lamb of God. But this is the one we're supposed to reveal. And I'm telling you, when uh, when uh, when I think it will happen, what happens here? And again, he said unto me, prophesy unto upon these bones, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus say the Lord God unto these bones: Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you. And you shall live. And I believe that when we, when we church, when we start preaching, revealing Jesus, the body will start coming together. Okay? When the body will start coming together. Now, there are one or two ways the body can come, uh, will be put, come together. Either through persecution or through the revelation of Jesus. I prefer the revelation of Jesus. Okay? Now, that... Uh, I don't know if you, someone, oh, I, I'm not in the category of Dennis Malcolm when he shares about, oh, so why am I not worthy to be put, uh, persecuted? Okay, uh, I'm glad I'm not worthy of being persecuted. But we can, we, uh, and we have still the chance to bring that revelation to the world. When, when in my own life, when I have challenges, issues, whatever, uh, I just say, God, open my eyes. So I may see you. Because have you noticed many of times when we feel stressed or when we feel under pressure, it's because we have lost sight of Jesus. So we only see the issue. But the thing is, we, we need to be refocused. Say, Jesus, you are my provider. You are my healer. You are whatever I need. Amen.
So it's all about getting refocused back. When I, when I, when I get stressed, it's because my focus has been diverted. Uh, when I get under pressure, it's because my focus has uh, been diverted. And it's so important to get back in and look at him. Amen. So he said, so cause breath to enter into you know, uh, to you, and, and I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. That I am the Lord. I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise. Notice that again, prophecy is not our words. You know, we, we, we are commanded, you know, and everything that God does, he commands. He, God, God, you know, he, Moses did not write down the ten suggestions. Okay, he, everything we got is commands. Why? Because you can either trust or disobey. Okay, and now it's an interesting thing, like, that... The, you know, what you have to learn with, with, uh, with, with temptation, with prophecy, is that when you hear something from God or something, it's very tempting to add something to it. Okay? Because the problem is that uh, we have to get out of ourselves because it's not our word. It's, because if it's your word, it's, it's not a prophecy. Because a prophecy is the word of God. Okay? Anyway... So, uh, so I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, bone to his bone. And I believe that this is what we're going to come to see, that you know, there'll be a lot of noise. I, I, I think that many years ago, there was a prophetic word that, that sounds something like that everything that can be shaken will be shaken. Okay? And I believe that this is, uh, this is what happens in the body of Christ today, that God is putting his church together. But there will be a lot of rumbling, there will be a lot of noise, and I believe that there are a lot of people in the churches today who need to be born again. Jesus, he talks about when the Son of Man returns, will he find the faith? You know, like for example, in Denmark, we have what we call four-wheel Christians. They attend church four times in their life. They get baptized as a baby, when we get confirmed, when we're 14, when we get married, and when we get buried. That's the fourth time in church. And if you ask them, they'll say, yeah, I'm a Christian. Okay? And, and, and it's probably the same here in many other places where there is a state church, I attend this church, whatever, but, oh, we like the music, or we like this family, but... But that's how they associate with being a Christian. And, I believe, and that's not Christianity. Christianity is, have you met Jesus? Are you so dedicated to Jesus that he means everything for you? Are you living in the first love of Jesus? I believe that's the church that God is going to raise up again here in the West. And if you look at the Bible talks about that the first shall be the last, the last shall be the first. And... It seems like we're coming full circle. God is doing amazing things everywhere but in Europe. And now it's coming back here. Okay? I believe that many, you know, like many of these people that we call, they call refugees and so on, I'm telling you, many of them, they're also bringing, coming from Christian places and bringing the gospel here. Uh, I heard something from Nigeria for 20 years' time. One out of every 
so out of every 10 person that is born will be Nigerian. Okay, and Nigeria is a like a, uh, someone said to me, a friend of mine, he's Nigerian himself. He said the best of Africa come from Nigeria and the worst comes from Nigeria, but they bring the gospel out. Okay, and and this Europe, this is the biggest mission field in the world today. This is Europe, Western Europe especially, um, and and it can happen. I saw it in Ukraine when I when I when this Iron Curtain came down. I'm telling you, you could literally just stand there and say Jesus, and people just got saved. It was just crazy. People just got saved. It was a Jesus. I actually said to the translator, "What did you tell them?" Because of when you said Jesus in England, nothing happened. When you go to Ukraine, Jesus, and thing, a revival broke out. And I believe we're going to see this in the Western world. So, but but again, the church needs to grow up. We we are not in the entertainment business. We are not in the uh, what can I say any other business but revealing Jesus. You, you understand? It's so important we we come back to this simple thing that if people wants to meet Jesus, they should be able to see him in each one of us. Anyway, so uh, I will, so I prophesied verse seven as I was crying, and I prophesied there was a noise and bowl shaking, and the bones came together and bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came up upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, Prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus say the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. I'm telling you, one thing that is sad we don't talk about anymore, it used to, uh, is that, no one hardly talks about being baptized in the Holy Spirit, uh, speaking in tongues, of these things. It's so quietly disappeared from the church. It's more about uh, that worship song. And I'm telling you, I couldn't believe it. Uh, I was in Pastor Erling's church, there was a worship song, a so-called worship song. I'm telling you, the only thing that changed in that song, I don't know who's written it. Uh, I know who... The, uh, no, I, I've not always been a Christian, so, but uh, can you remember there's a group that was called the Bee Gees? Mm. Uh, you know, you know the Barry Gibb, uh, his first hit song, well, back in the 1960s, or, you know, he's old or something, 50, whatever, he's really old now, there was that song, same melody, just changed the words. And I said, what, what's going on here? And, uh, and anyway, but, but, but this is what it has come to sometimes. Uh, we, need, uh, we, we, we do this and the other or whatever. No, we have one job. We feel Jesus. That's all we need to do. And everything else will come by itself. We don't have a, uh, I don't need to do a Christian this and Christian that and whatever. No, I just need to reveal Jesus. I mean, I reveal Jesus, everything else will come all by itself. For St. Bradford, there was someone who had a Christian pop for many years ago. There was someone there. And uh, the next thing will be you will be a Christian rock dealer or a Christian bank robber. <laughs> There's no point. You can't be a bank robber anymore in Denmark. Where the profession that is over now, banks don't even have money anymore. You know, you can't even use, uh, in Denmark, you can't use cash. 
I can't, I, I can't with my cash. We don't take cash. <laughs> so it's just, it's just, anyway, so so the best is ahead of the church. And we, I'm telling you, and I believe this is the season where God is doing things. Because when I look around, there's a lot of shaking around in churches and uh, situations. And I see this is because God is start moving. Okay? Uh, uh, because of... I believe one of the terrifying things about when, if we talk, when if uh, with the return of Jesus is that it's the church that get cleansed, so to speak. You know, they say two shall walk together, one goes, and the other one stays back. Two sleeps to, uh, in the same bed, one goes. He's talking about the church. He's not talking about uh, everyone who just say have a Christian label. No, it talks about that with Jesus. Of the Bible needs to be revealed again, okay? And we must come back to it. And that's where you find the solutions. That's where you find your healing. That's where you find whatever you need, okay? You know, and I believe uh, within the next generation, I believe that God is going to pour out a blessing or, or anointing upon His church, where we start coming back to where we were supposed to be since the 60s, 70s, and 80s. We as the body of Christ have withdrawn from society and we created that vacuum in society so that now the devil came in and that's why we have all these ungodly laws uh, that you can't... Uh, I don't know about you, I just get confused. You can't call a, a, a man a man, a woman a woman. You know, it's all was a gentle, neutral and all sorts of crazy things. And uh, and uh, But all these crazy things have happened because we as a church have withdrawn. And got focused upon things that was not what we should do, but we should just reveal Jesus. Uh, I'm telling you, Western Europe has a great history of that. When when, when we have focused upon Jesus, you know, when we the, the countries we have lived in has prospered. You can take North Korea and South Korea. You see, North Korea is probably the most hostile country in the world, and South Korea compare to that is and. And what, what, what is the difference? North Korea is communist, South Korea is Christian, and Yong Gichu shares a testimony about the Indian ambassador to South Korea. He says it's a miracle what had happened because he remembered the poverty that was in South Korea. Okay, And I believe this is going to happen also here in Western Europe. I, I think we, we, can, we can't go any less uh, further down now. It can only go up now. Okay. Uh, I'm just, every time I see the news, I'm just shocked. Did they say that in the news or whatever? But it's because we as a church has not fulfilled the purpose. The Bible talks in Proverbs that when the righteous prosper, the city rejoices. Okay? When the righteous prosper, the city rejoices. And this is what we are called to do, that we should rise up. Amen? Amen. It's, it's an exciting time we go ahead. And I believe that, uh, like the bones here, they were spread all over the place uh, in the valley. A lot of, and I believe there will be a lot of Christians that that will be united across church denominations, across church uh, culture, church history, and so on. And it's in the uh, when that becomes united, they find healing, they find unity, and they find anointing. Okay, and this is with this day and age. You see, we saw a little bit about starting in what was it in America. You know, it's interesting that that we the revival that started in America, it was at a university. 
Okay, of all places, most you know, universities where people are intellectual, academic, where, where not so much spirit or faith, you know, everything is reasoning. And yet, when God started, well, and I'm telling you, it can start anywhere. Mm. If I learned something uh, over the last month and a half, is that nothing is impossible with God. Yeah. Okay, uh, just to remind you again about this story about this uh, Korean woman. She was found on the. Uh, she was told she was found on the street in South Korea, and then adopted to a Norwegian family at six years old. And she never believed it. Okay, she always held on to no, I was not left by my parents. And some and people always said to her, "How can you remember? Because you're only six days old." But it's your spirit. Do you understand? You know, your spirit remembers everything. Is eternal. Anyway, she went to South Korea for some years ago and did this DNA test. And when she got an email from the police in South Korea and said they found her parents. Okay, uh, after 40 years, can you imagine that? And uh, so I was a month a month ago now. She went back to South Korea. And when she landed in South Korea, her biological parents was there. To meet her, can you imagine? It must be, uh, I, I, it's beyond words. Can you imagine? You know, the closest we can come to a story we know is this Madeline McCain, when when they, when her parents lost her in uh, in Portugal. But can you imagine forty years later? Mm-hmm. And uh, when she met her 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 biological parents there, and you know they they look similar. You could see instantly this was, uh, uh, but not only that. So she was. They told her that you know she was stolen. And I don't know if it was because they were out shopping or something like that. You know, I mean, so suddenly she was just gone. And uh, but not only that, her brother has always been resentful towards his parents since then. Because he always blamed his parents for why they could not look after his sister. Mm-hmm. And then after 40 years, you realize it was not your fault. Can, can you imagine the, the, the shame and the uh, yeah, guilt, but it, all these emotions they, they must have lived with? And so, so uh, but anyway, so, so I, said, I spoke to her while she was in South Korea. So I said to her, if I was your parents, and you're you're sleeping in the house. I would not be sleeping at all. I'll just be where staring. Can you imagine 40 years? And then 40 years later, that child is uh, yeah, now she's not a child, but she's still a child in their name, in in their eyes, is sleeping in the house again. Their families, you know. And this was an impossible situation, but with God, all things are possible. Yeah. So when people say it's impossible, can there be a revival in, in, in England? Of course it can. Mm-hmm. Of course, Western Europe. But it comes through you and me. It comes through that we focus upon Jesus. It doesn't come by that we, we standing on a street corner telling everyone off and say how bad they are. They're all going to hell. That's not how it goes. It goes by we revealing the compassion of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Because... It's, a, it's in the compassion you see you find the supernatural. It's in the compassion of Jesus you find uh, uh, salvation. 
you know, if you look at Jesus, who did it? It was compassion that drove him to heal people. It wasn't because of he was just all powerful. It was because of the compassion. He loved people. And I believe uh, uh, we as a church, the Bible says, we can love why? because he loved us first. So we need to live in that revelation consistently in that the love of God is upon my life. I believe some of us, we have even forgotten that we are loved. Of course, when someone asks us, we know how to answer. Okay, but that we're actually living daily knowing I am loved. Okay, you know, uh, this, this woman she said to me that there has not been a day in her parents' life where they have not been thinking of her. Sometimes, some days before she had died, uh, but they, no, they, they didn't know anything. But there was not, there's not one day that has gone by where she has not been in their mind. And you know what? This is the same with your heavenly Father and you. There's not, there's not going one day where he's not, where you are not on his mind. But it's so important that you and I we also live in that reality that we know that we are the beloved of our heavenly Father. We are not a disciple. We are not uh, first and foremost a disciple. We are a beloved child of the living God. Okay, it's so important we do that because. When you don't need to say, God, I just want to serve you. No, because you don't need to serve him. He don't need you to serve him. He just needs you to know that you are the beloved. And when everything else comes by itself. Okay? Okay, let's pray now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you.